0: Hi, awesomes. Welcome back to Sorta Awesome. You guys, I am so excited about our conversation this week. We're doing something really different. I am so fortunate this week to get to sit down and talk with Kelly Kraut. Kelly is running for lieutenant governor in the state of Arkansas. I know we have so many awesomes who live in Arkansas, especially in Northwest Arkansas. So shout out to all of our Arkansas awesomes. And Kelly, welcome to Sorta Awesome. Thank you. This
1: sounds awesome. I'm very <laughs>
0: excited. <laughs> Well, we at Sorta of Awesome, as you all know, if you've listened before, or if you're brand new to Sorta of Awesome, we're very non-partisan at Sorta of Awesome, but what we are definitely for, and we are always voting yes on, is women bringing awesome to the world around us. And Kelly is a remarkable example of someone who is doing just that in the realm of politics. So today I'm going to chat with Kelly all about how she made the decision to get into the political arena especially here we are in 2022. So many different opinions and ideas out there. We're going to talk about what led Kelly to follow this path. We're also going to talk about something that we feel really strongly about, here on the show. And that is taking care of ourselves through self-care. And sometimes we need self-comfort and those types of things. And how do you do that when you're in the midst of a political race? We have so much to talk about with Kelly today. In the meantime, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes, to the show that loves to support you in becoming smart, strong, and social. If you have been looking for amazing women to connect with and a community that will support you, no matter what age or stage of life you are in, I'm so happy to tell you that you've come to the right place. And if you are enjoying Sorta Awesome, please make sure you have subscribed so you never miss a new episode from us. And if you love what we're doing here on the show, pop on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and review. Believe it or not, people really do use those reviews on Apple Podcasts to find new podcasts to listen to. So we would love for you to help us out and support the show with that. Okay, Kelly. So as you may have guessed, we are all about the awesome here. on I love, it. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> the energy is on point. Good, 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 good. We have so much to talk about and I cannot wait to hear your story and how you got into the world of politics and what it's like to be a woman in this political climate running for office. We're going to get into the heart of the matter here in just a few minutes, but first we're going to go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. If you are brand new to sort of awesome, you may not know that Awesome of the week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life a little more awesome right now, whether it's a book or a TV show, a movie, a podcast, a product, something bringing a little extra sparkle to our days. Kelly, as our guest,
1: I'm going to let you go first. Tell us a little something that's awesome in your life right now. Uh, I love this so much. So this may sound kind of silly, but we love us some television at our okay, house. Okay, yes. And our younger boys go to bed pretty early because little kids need a lot of sleep, and our yeah. teenagers stay up a little bit later for us, and so we're always looking for series that we can watch together as a family. We just yeah. recently finished Modern Family, which I had never watched on the yes. Front freaking phenomenal and we got to pause and have so many great conversations you know when the kids would see something and be like oh wait what's going on here and we could yeah kind of it sparks some real raw conversation and mm-hmm. it was so fun and it is so such sort a great of our show. fun family time is always looking for a new series to watch
0: yes I love that. I think that it was maybe our co-host Kelly Gordon mentioned that she just recently finished watching Modern Family 2. It's one of those shows that was on for a while, but even still, it's so great to go back and give it a rewatch or discover it for the first time. It was so good. So, so good. Okay. Well, interestingly, my Awesome of the Week this week is also a television show, it is on Amazon Prime and it's for fans of, or maybe even if you're not a fan of this performer, you'll get into it too. It's Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls. Yes. Have you oh, watched
1: this? No, but I've seen previews. I will oh, watch them.
0: It is so fun, Kelly. Okay, so first of all, I do love Lizzo. Lots of people do. She has so much charisma and energy and she's just so fun, right? Yes. So this is her reality TV kind of competition where she is auditioning dancers for her new tour. And she calls her dancers the big girls. I love it. And you know, Lisso's messaging is all about body positivity, promoting all kinds of things that have to do with health and wellness at all sizes. And Part of her personal mission in life is inclusivity and all kinds of things. And that's really represented in the dancers she brings in to audition. One of our community members, one of our awesomes suggested this show and her way of describing it really sold me on it. She said, it's kind of like America's Next Top Model, but without the toxicity.
1: We <laughs> oh, love to hear it. Okay. I follow Lizzo on TikTok. I'm a fan. Yes. I, I would consider it a red flag, honestly, if you don't like Lizzo. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kelly coming in with the hot takes to start out the
1: episode. She <laughs> oh, started off divisive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually do agree. She's so fun. And really, I do. I love that aspect that she brings to TikTok where you see <gasps> kind of more of her personality, her home life, what mm. she's up to. So, If you like Lizzo, I really think you've got to get over to Prime and watch out for the big girls. It's so fun. It's really collaborative. It's women supporting each other and all of them, of course, as it is with reality TV competitions, they're kind of telling their backstory and how they got to this place in their life. And it's just a really good feel-good show. And there's lots of great dance and lots of Lizzo being Lizzo. I would say it's definitely more of a grown-up show because adult language, if that's a thing that you're concerned with, it's not really meant for kids. But after bedtime, push play on this and you will be having a good
1: time for sure. Love it. Add it to my list. Yes.
0: So those are our awesomes of the week this week. We will put links in the show notes so you guys can go and check them out for yourselves. And we always love to hear what is awesome in your life. So come and find us on social media. We are at Sorta Awesome Show on Instagram and we are always in our hangout group on facebook facebook.com slash group slash sort of awesome hangout every week we talk about what is awesome in everybody's lives with our awesome of the week threads and we also do just a lot of support and conversation along the way too so come find us on social media okay kelly we've got a lot to talk about we're going to get to all of that when we come right back Hey friends, I just finished up some grocery shopping and as you can imagine, our family of seven has some insane grocery bills these days. But with Thrive Market, I get everything I need and so much more. With Thrive Market, you can shop everything from healthy pantry essentials and sustainable meat and seafood to non-toxic cleaning and beauty products and it's all delivered right to your door. And if you can find a price lower elsewhere, Thrive Market will match it. Thrive Market carefully vets each and every item so you can trust that if they sell it, it's probably the highest quality available. Finding everything you need is easy on Thrive Market because you can filter by 90 plus values and lifestyles, shot by what you eat and what matters most to you. With over 5,000 food, home, and beauty products, finding what you need is easy with Thrive Market. So if you're looking for plant-based keto, gluten-free, zero waste, BIPOC-owned brands, Thrive Market has you covered. I love that I can pick up flea and tick spray for our dogs, healthy after-school snacks for my kids, and a lovely bottle of Malbec wine for me and Kyle all in one stop with Thrive, and that's without ever even leaving the couch. When you join Thrive Market, you're joining a community of over 1 million members and sponsoring a family in need. And with their fast and free carbon neutral shipping, you are also bettering our planet. Can your grocery store do that? Join Thrive Market today to get 40% off your first order and a free gift worth over $50. That's T-H-R-I-V-E Market.com slash awesome to get 40% off your first order and a free gift of over $50. That's ThriveMarket.com slash awesome. ThriveMarket.com slash awesome. Okay, we are back. And like I said, at the top of the show, we are talking today with Kelly Kraut. Kelly is running for the Office of Lieutenant Governor in the state of Arkansas. And Kelly, we have a lot to talk about, but first, just to kind of give us some context about who you are and what you have going on, tell us a little bit about what your life looks like right now between family life and obviously work life has a lot going on, where you live and All the things that are keeping you busy these days. Right. I try to
1: stay busy and it's not difficult. (laughs) So I am a mom of seven children. So that keeps things pretty exciting. My husband and I got married pretty young and had a couple of little boys right off the bat. And then we were kind of exposed to the foster care system. Like somebody was explaining, okay, what a huge need this was in our area. And we just didn't realize it was such a huge need. And we were like, you know, we've got space, we've got energy, we've got time. Let's do this. And we wanted to be a part of a solution instead of just hearing a problem and being like, that stinks for other people, you know? So we wanted to step in and be a part of the solution. And we loved it. And we fostered off and on for about eight or 10 years in the area. We'd take little breaks here and there. And we mostly fostered teenage boys. So that was exciting. That was always, you know, and most people want to take little kids, but we had a bunch of little kids. And so I don't think. (laughs) Throwing another little kid in the mix is the move, and so mentally, teenagers are a little bit more challenging, and little kids are more physically challenging. Mm-hmm. Like Wear yes. your body out, and so yes. I thought this is different kinds of energy, and I can compartmentalize that a little bit. So we fostered for a while, we adopted a few children out of the foster care system, and so we have four biological sons, and then three we adopted, and okay. we kind of ran out of space at that point. You can just only take in literally so many, and yes. so decided after that, that I wanted to do something else for that community. So I wrote a couple children's books talking about foster care in a way that kids can understand, you know, age appropriate. Cause it's kind of a confusing thing to live somewhere else for a while and then go back or maybe not. And what that looks Mm -hmm. like. And after that, I decided I wanted to go back to school and finish my degree to become a therapist because we had worked with so many great therapists in our fostering journey and had so many great therapists ourselves that I wanted to be that person for somebody else. So I went to school and finished my psychology degree. And then I started my master's in social work, which I will be finishing up this semester. That's awesome. That's so great. Yes, and then we'll move into the mental health world. But while I was studying social work, I realized how much policy-related stuff is sewn into that. And it got me kind of inspired to run for office, which was never really the plan. And, (laughs) you know, I didn't see people running that shared my values specifically. Mm -hmm. And again, kind of like foster care, I saw a need and something that I was capable of doing. And so just kind of jumped in with both feet. So a lot of balancing with school stuff as I finished that and an internship. And then we have all these boys and we're big into sports over here. So I go to a lot of basketball games. My children's basketball schedules are built into the campaign schedule So my campaign manager knows when to schedule stuff and when not based on basketball games. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been fun. So I'm all about finding the things that you love to do and focusing on those things. And I think that you find the energy to do the things that you like. So these are things I like.
0: That is something that we preach all the time here at Sorta Awesome is to love what you love and see where it takes you. And it sounds like this was a blend of, Love within your family, and then also a love for community that right. kind of inspired you. It seems like maybe at the intersection of those things is where you discovered, oh, hey, I am in the trenches in this world of the foster system, and I'm seeing these issues. And who's going to do anything about it? Who will step in kind of as an advocate? Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that then kind of inspired you to be like, okay. I'm going to run for office. And then did you have anyone who sort of mentored you or was, Hey, you know, yeah, go for it. Or were there people that were like, what are you doing? Tell us a, a little bit about the story, just like on a personal level. Oh, yeah. As you are making this decision to, like you said, jump in with both feet into the realm of state politics.
1: It was really wild. And I did not know anyone who would run for office. I'd okay. never done anything like this myself. I literally reached out to the party I'm affiliated with on Facebook. And I was like, hey, who's <laughs> running in my district? And they were like, nobody, are you interested? And I was like, well, if no one's doing it, then yeah, I am. And then I was connected to all these people through the person who was running that account. And I've since met so many amazing women, mostly who are connecting people and empowering people and teaching the ropes because you don't know until you know, but I very much live by the mentality of like, if I want to figure something out, we live in a day and age where all of that is accessible to us. And so if I want to learn how to run for office, I can learn and we'll learn as we go. And that is what we did. I did get you know a little bit of pushback in my personal life. I ran as a different party affiliation than I think what a lot of people expected me to run Got at. Sure. And so putting my beliefs out in a more public sphere was yeah. kind of a weird thing because it was not necessarily anticipated by everyone and had good and bad you know experiences there on a personal yeah. level. But running the second time has been a little bit different because I knew what to expect.
0: <laughs> okay. Yes, I can definitely see that. And I'm sure that between you and your husband in this family of seven kids, that there was probably some family level conversations that were happening first before wading into the waters. What does that look like navigating that together as a family? Because I can only imagine having only ever observed politics from the sidelines, that once that decision is made your family, which has been in your little community in Northwest Arkansas, suddenly becomes a lot more public. Yeah, and with kids yeah. and privacy and all of that, I can imagine that. The, and I'm not saying you need to tell us the specifics of how those exactly. conversations went. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what that looked like to sit down as a family and say, "Okay, here's what we're looking at doing next."
1: Yeah, it was it was huge conversation. And I remember I was sitting out here on my front porch, and I came home from school that day. And I told my husband, I was like, I'm pretty sure I want to run for a state representative. And he was like, I think that's pretty awesome. Actually, he really did say awesome. I'm not just saying that. Yes. I'm <laughs> that. And he was very supportive. And I was like, you need to know what this is actually going to look like. I was the primary parent at the time. I was mm-hmm. the one mostly home with the kids. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, this is going to mean you've got to do a whole lot more. This is going to mean things are going to be a little bit more public. And we had that conversation with the kids, too. And I still tell them, hey, mom, can I go to this football game? Sure. Somebody I know will see you there. So act right, like (laughs) act right. Yes, act right. It's very simple instruction. But you know, they understand we're in a little bit more potentially in the public eye, and that comes with some responsibility. And so we've had some interesting conversations surrounding that. It's all a learning curve, but they've really been very, very supportive. And I'm super thankful for that because. It is a lot of work. It's a big time commitment and they can run. They can fly without me here. Yes,
0: yes. And that's the great thing too. I know we have five kids age 17 down to almost three. And so as those older ones get older and Mm -hmm. systems start to run without mom's hands-on, you know, involvement with every single thing, that sometimes that gives you a little bit more freedom to be like, okay, I can be out of the house more and I can direct my energy and my focus in some different places. While still, of course, keeping an eye on how everything's going at home.
1: Well, and part of having a big family almost made that easier because we've always had a lot of kids. And so we've always had to have pretty efficient systems in place so that things would roll like my kids do their own laundry. And I don't say that as like a brag. I say it as like, I couldn't possibly do everyone's laundry and do anything else with my life. And so, you know what? (laughs) Kids can learn how to do their own laundry and it kind of empowers them. And then they don't throw as much dumb things in the dirty clothes Uh because they have to wash it. And so it's made time for me to be able to, to be able to do some of my own things because we've empowered them to be a little bit more independent by necessity, just by having so many of them. (laughs) For sure. I totally understand
0: that. And that makes so
1: much sense. And actually,
0: that's a great transition to the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, because I think anybody here in the United States can look around and say that women in politics, women in state level offices, women at the national level, that it has not always been the expected thing for a woman to do, especially in the stage of life you're in while you do still have kids at home. And so I wonder if women have kind of felt like, well, I would love to do something like that, but I see so many challenges with how I would continue to manage family life and other obligations. So I kind of wanted to talk about some of the challenges that you have experienced. And so you're saying this is your second run in state politics in Arkansas. Yeah. So two campaigns now, mm-hmm. what are some of the challenges that have come up and what are some of the ways that you have learned from those two that could encourage women to pursue some solutions that would allow them to feel like, you know what, I think I could do this.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And it's a huge problem because you don't realize how much is just woven into our society and very well-meaning people who are not intending to be sexist or anything like that will still come up to me like, oh, well, who's watching your kids? You know, and I'm just (laughs) like, you think I didn't come up with a plan before I decided (laughs) to jump into a race like that? And so it has involved, you know, having a good support network, making sure the kids have access to what they need. But one thing I love talking about on the campaign trail is talking about parenting as experience, mm. especially as a foster and adoptive mom. I hear things all the time like, oh, I could never do what you do. Well, that's amazing. And you must blah, blah, blah. And it's very sweet and kind. And I do appreciate it. But then in the next breath, when I say I'm running for office, I often get, well, what's your experience? I'm mm. like, well, you just told me I had the most important job in the world. Yes. And yeah. let me tell you as a parent to seven boys, conflict management." navigating you know negotiations yes logistics of feeding this crew just the mental load it takes to help run a family of this size Those are skills that translate very clearly into state government. Okay, we've got efficiency issues. Uh We've got civility issues. These are things that I can excel at. And so people don't understand that there are a lot of skills in parenting that directly translate into government. And so I talk a lot about parenting as experience. These are things that we should and could and should value. And yes. I joke that like, hey, maybe the Arkansas legislature could use a mom that can get seven kids out the door, a 715 <laughs> with, their, with their shoes tied.
0: <laughs> I would agree with that. We could use that in Oklahoma too. <laughs> right, right. I think most of us could look at our state government and be like, we need a mom in here to just get everybody
1: rounded up and act and write. <laughs> mm-hmm. Act right. It's not that hard. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, parenting is experience. And so kind of trying to shift the narrative on that from just a mom to like, oh, this is something of value. This is something society values. And we need to be making that a professional experience as well. At the end of the day, don't we want some primary parents in the government? If we're going to be making policy about children, who better knows what's going on than the parent that is spending a lot of time with them. So I could go on all day about the mom piece. I mean, I'm not going to pretend it's not difficult. You do have to have support networks in place and you got to have the whole family on board. If my kids hated this idea, it would be a lot more challenging, but thankfully they've been really really supportive. That is so powerful and I think that what you said about
0: using parenting as experience, I think that that can speak to so many women in so many different stages of their lives, especially I'm thinking of women who are thinking about going back into the workplace after having been at home with kids for a number of years and feeling like, "Well gosh, my resume looks so old and dated and what have I been doing? But to be able to draw out those skills, as you were talking about civility, diplomacy, efficiency, there's so many things. If we sit down and think about as parents, what we have to do on the day-to-day to keep everybody connected and get them to where they're supposed to be, there are so many skills packed into that, that employers are looking for, that maybe, you know, community leaders are looking for. And then, like you said, when it comes to applying it in a broader scale to politics, that makes so much sense. And I know that must be resonating with so many of our awesomes right now. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to be thinking about that parenting is thing as well. I have a few more questions for you, Kelly, that I would love to dig into that I know The awesomes are going to want to hear more about too. And we're going to get to that when we come right back. Hey awesomes, as many of you know, my sister and sort of awesome regular Emily is getting married in June as the matron of honor. I had the very fun task of organizing and sending invitations for her bridal shower next month. So, you know, I went straight to Evite eVite offers thousands of free invitation templates for every occasion, and they're all fully customizable. You can choose a design created by their community of professional artists or upload your own unique design. My absolute favorite thing about using eVite is how easy they make it to track the RSVPs. Now, we all know no matter what event you are planning, you gotta know how many people are gonna be there. And we all know it can be like pulling teeth to get people to respond. Well, Evite makes it super simple to remind the invited guests to RSVP, and Evite keeps track of your entire list of guests for you. So, between the gorgeous designs, the ease of customizing, and the stress free RSVP tracking, there is no way I would. Plan Plan any event without Evite. From birthday parties to graduation celebrations to baby and bridal showers and beyond, make the event that you are planning the big deal that it is. Find amazing, beautiful, one-of-a-kind designs in minutes for free. Head over to evite.com/awesome. That's e-v-i-t-e.com/awesome. Evite.com/awesome. Hey friend, how are you today? No, really. Go on, think about it. Take a minute. If you're feeling hyper or tired or annoyed or just meh, it's time to connect with your feelings by starting your mental health journey with Headspace. Now, we all tend to say, oh, I'm fine, even when we don't mean it. But fine isn't even really an emotion, is it? How many times have you told yourself that you're fine when all you've really felt is anger or sadness or nerves? Headspace is scientifically proven to help you manage your feelings and your mental health. In fact, a recent study proved that in just two weeks, Headspace can reduce your stress by 14%. So whether you want to relieve stress and anxiety, sleep better, or improve your focus, Headspace is your everyday dose of mindfulness for real life. As many of you all know, 2022 has been very challenging for me. I am so thankful that I already had such a strong, emotional support system in place with meditation because of Headspace. It has been a lifeline for me. My go-to mindfulness activity when I get overwhelmed these days is a really simple one called Treat Yourself to Five Gentle Breaths. It allows me to stop, focus on my breathing, and come back to my body. Now, I know it sounds simple, but you guys, it really is such a game changer. Headspace has been a game changer for me. So however you're feeling, try Headspace at headspace.com awesome and get one month free of their entire Mindfulness library. This is the best Headspace offer available. So go to headspace.com/slash awesome today. Headspace.com slash awesome. Okay, we are back. And Kelly, I am really fascinated by this next thing I want to talk to you about. I noticed as I was peeking around on your campaign website that you have gotten quite a strong following on TikTok. And in fact, Mm -hmm. you link to your TikTok on your campaign homepage, which, you know, a lot of politicians you feel like would maybe be like, well, here's my Twitter. And (laughs) maybe like, here's my Facebook for organizing community stuff, but you are just, you lead with the fact that you are really speaking to people on TikTok. Now I personally love TikTok. It's probably one of my favorite social media apps. I watch a lot more than I create, but you are in there making TikToks and really reaching out to people. I would love to hear, first of all, as a political candidate for a major state office, why TikTok? And then secondly, after that, let's talk about the general role of social media when it comes to
1: campaigns and then holding office
0: these days. But let's start with why TikTok? Yeah,
1: it's a solid question. We do lead with it because it's one of our strongest platforms and where we get the most. It started back when I ran for state rep in the last cycle It was when COVID happened and I was sitting around like, okay, I'm a brand new candidate. I don't know how to campaign, period. I certainly don't know how to campaign in a pandemic. And I was in a bit of a funk about it. And then I was scrolling TikTok with the rest of the world as we were Uh all locked down and not doing anything else. And then it occurred to me like, oh, I could kind of use some of these trends and some of these styles to explain a platform. And I just decided, you know what? I really want to meet people where they are. And right now they're at home and they're on their phones and I wanted it to be accessible and it was. And so I just thought no one knows how to campaign in a pandemic. So let's just go rogue. We're just going to do it how we want to do it. And I'm going to get myself into people's homes via their phones in their hands and I didn't actually intend to use TikTok specifically. I was just going to use social media, but I used TikTok because I liked the way to build the videos on there. And then I would post them on Twitter and Instagram and do other things. And it wasn't until I had a video really take off that it became my prime use of social media. I made a kind of a goofy video. I got tired of having the same conversation with voters every time it was about the Second Amendment. And there were a bunch of misconceptions and what I believed about it. And so I made a real quick back and forth video kind of talking to a more... Mm-hmm. concerned person of myself and presented a conversation in the way that ideally i would like it to go like yeah. hey oh i thought this about you oh well actually i think this and then they kind of come to a solution at the end and it really resonated with people and it took off and it was at that point that i reached out to my campaign manager and i was like you should probably know i've been campaigning on tiktok and like a million people may or may not have seen me sitting on my closet floor in my track shorts <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> at first she was like you did what But then people were paying attention to the campaign suddenly, and it was unique and it was relatable and it was kind of casual, but not in a totally not serious way, but just in an accessible way. And that is such an important piece of this to me. It's why I talk about parenting. It's why I'm pretty casual in the way that I dress and appear and show up in different spaces because government needs to be accessible to people. You should be able to have a say and a voice. And I think we accidentally, as a society, make it pretty elite and untouchable, yeah. and like, oh, you got to be a lawyer, or oh, you got to be this, or you got to be that, and usually the requirement to run for office is being a certain age and living in a certain place. So mm-hmm. for my race, you have to be thirty and live in Arkansas for over seven years. I'm very overqualified, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'm really trying to like bring it back to the basics. Everybody can get involved. Here's some action steps on how you can do that, and social media has been a wonderful place to be able to do that. And you can put it in digestible little snippets. And I find that people want to be involved. They want to help, but they're overwhelmed with how to literally do it. And so if I can give you this information, give you the tools in 60 seconds, people are taking advantage of that.
0: I can absolutely see how TikTok would be a perfect fit for that. Plus most users of TikTok are going to be on the younger end of things. And so I'm sure that's helping you to reach a demographic that you really want to be energized and get out and vote and be informed on issues. As you've worked through this being your second campaign, what are some of the pitfalls when it comes to social media for candidates? I'm sure that you've bumped up against a few that you're like, oof, I wish it wasn't like this or not going to do that again. What are some of the ways that you've seen social media be like, oof, this part of campaigning has not been so great?
1: That's so true. And there's a couple of ways that it's been difficult for me. One is that I really strive to bring a lot of authenticity to this race. Like what you see is what you get. What Mm -hmm. I am on TikTok, that is how I am in my normal life. But I also have bad days, like every single normal human. And so I'll put out stuff like that every now and then, like, you know what, this was really hard today. This is something that was really tricky for the campaign. And this one hurt my feelings. And just being real and relatable, and that has been pretty well received but there's a piece of that that can feel inauthentic to me if most of my content is pretty bubbly and happy and then I have a bad day, right. I feel like I need to balance it out. And you don't necessarily have to share every single thing, but sure. being authentic is really important to me. And so I want to feel like it's being accurate and honest and that takes some effort to do. What is unfortunate about social media is that once you get any following, there's always going to be haters. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can put out the most inconsequential, pleasant, light and fluffy content and somebody's going to, you know, find yes. something ugly about it. And yeah. then of course, as a woman in politics, your looks are up for debate by everyone. Of and so yes. you don't want the wrong thing go viral where you didn't have on any makeup or, you know, whatever. And I've got one guy on Twitter that is trying to convince the world that I've got some psychological disorder based on the way that my eyes look when I'm excited. <laughs> and I'm just like, bro, oh I'm living rent free in your head. <laughs> I see that. I mean, it's all about my appearance, though. If you don't have anything of value to add intellectually to this conversation, the easiest way to do that is to come in at what I'm wearing or how my face looks. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, on good days, you can brush that off. On bad days, it stings a little bit. So, yeah. got to be able to roll with the punches a little bit. I
0: absolutely can see how that would be true. Just having a lot of experience doing social media for my work, it absolutely can be so great. But also you just want to like roll your eyes at people and be like, the unsubscribe button is free.
1: I know. <laughs> you don't have to be here. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had the most amazing experience last night and got to make a TikTok with some of the cast of Hamilton. And, <gasps> and when I tell you, I fan what? Girl- yes. so hard. I lost my mind. I was giddy and I posted it and somebody shared it on Twitter and was like, why do candidates think stupid stuff like this is going to get them elected? And I'm like, (laughs) I didn't think that would get me elected. I'm just having a good time. Like you should try it. Like, yeah, you know, it's called fun. Try it. (laughs) There was nothing to criticize about that, except the fact that I was having a good time. Right. And people can't deal.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh my God.
1: So that gets tiring, but Well, we will
0: absolutely link to your TikTok in the show notes so people can go check it out. Because I do think that you do an exceptional job of making conversations about these issues that, you know, really some of them can be very divisive, making it much more personalized and, like you said, accessible. I think that that is just such a radical idea in politics today. And it shouldn't be, that's not, I mean, the nature of government, the idea of politics, politics really has its roots in the idea of the people. And it does seem like it's so hard to have civilized conversations about some of these issues. And I do think that you do an incredible job of making those conversations accessible and modeling for people in a way how they can have those conversations in their lives as well. Thank so you. I appreciate. yeah, we'll definitely link to your TikTok so people can go check it out. The last thing I want to talk to you about is something that I think probably given your educational background and your real life experience, I think that you will probably have more to say about this than I would have thought when I first asked you about it. But as a woman who is a mom of seven kids, and is married and is running home life and is running this campaign. Something that comes to mind for me is how are you caring for yourself, especially in the midst of campaign season, where I'm sure you have events and you're speaking and you're going and you're doing, you're traveling. How are you taking care of yourself on a self-care level and sometimes self-comfort, which is, you know, sitting down and watching some Modern Family at the end of the day, Uh, I'm sure. What does that look like for you in your life right now?
1: Yes, that is crucially important for me so that I do not get frustrated and want to quit everything. Yes. <laughs> so right now, what self-care looks like for me, I really enjoy jogging. I'm okay. not a fast runner, but I do like to run and I love me some audiobooks. And so I've always usually yeah. fiction. I like to read nonfiction on a physical paper book and I like to listen to fiction yeah. when I'm driving. Cause I mean, I'm at school and I'm driving all the time. And so I have a lot of space where I'm busy with my hands, but I can be listening to something. And yes. so I like to go for a run and listen to my books and, you know, get some time by myself. And in some of these you know, events and things that I go to, if I'm driving solo, that gives me a couple hours in the car that I can listen and kind of check out for reality a little bit and yes. enjoy a story. And I find that really, just really fills me back up because yes. my brain is just full all the time of the next event and what's for dinner and what are we doing? And do we have a plan for this? And so just having a space to enjoy something that is. Totally fake. (laughs) Yes, an escape for sure. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's what we love books around here. I love audiobooks. That's almost exclusively how I read anything. Is on audio, and so I'm Mm -hmm. constantly talking about audio here. It's sort of awesome for reading, especially for people who do feel like I don't have time to read. Which I do understand that. I'm not one to minimize that concern, but like you, have a lot of time where I can just pop in some earbuds or put it on while I'm driving and. Not only passes the time, but it is, it gives you that mental mm-hmm. vacation for just a little bit to escape into a book. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have any standout audiobooks that you were like, oh, I really loved that one? That you know, was-
1: I've been kind of into psychological thrillers lately. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Silent Patient was amazing as an okay. audiobook. I recently read Behind Closed Doors. That one was kind of spooky. I read The Wrong Family recently, which was kind of a fluky one that I happened upon and it was really interesting. So, I like to kind of pick from a a variety of things. I'm actually listening right now to Bruce Perry and Oprah Winfrey's What Happened to You? And I don't usually do nonfiction Mm -hmm. audio, but it feels more like a podcast the way that it is. And it's really good. So those have been some of my favorites lately.
0: Okay, I'm going to give you a recommendation if you haven't already listened to it. Last year's novel by Andy Weir called Project Hail Mary. Did you listen to this one or read it? Okay, All of the awesomes are collectively rolling their eyes because I will not stop talking about this book, but it was by far one of the best books I've read in a long time. And the audio experience is exceptional. The context is a man wakes up in a spaceship in space. Okay. The rest of the crew he's with are dead. That's not a spoiler. That's literally, you find that out in the first few minutes. And he doesn't know why he's on this spaceship. He has amnesia. He has no idea how, why, what. And so as the story unfolds, it turns out he was a middle school science teacher who found himself on a space mission to save the planet. Oh, and my. I will tell you, Kelly, I am not a big science fiction person. I very yeah. rarely do I pick up science fiction. This book is so exceptional. It is so much more than what it sounds like on the surface. It's just about the human experience in so many ways. I'll add it to my list. (laughs) And I think that some of your sons might like it too, especially the older ones who, you know, maybe have an attention span for something a little longer. It might be a good family listen as well. Okay, thank you. Yes, it's so good. Okay, thank you for letting me give you that sort of like, (laughs) (laughs) you've got to read this book. (laughs) It's so good. Okay, well, as we're wrapping up, Tell us where we can find more about you. Like I said, we're going to link to your TikTok for sure. Where can we find out more about you and the work that you're doing and just get to know you a little bit better on social media?
1: Absolutely. I am pretty easy to find on the internet. You can search Kelly for Arkansas. It's Kelly with a Y. Kellyforarkansas.com is my webpage and it's F-O-R Arkansas. And all of my stuff is linked there, but I'm Kelly for Arkansas, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. TikTok, of course. So I find myself to be pretty, pretty accessible on that front. Yes.
0: Well, thank you so much. This has been so powerful to just allow us to think about these different contexts where we can take something that we're passionate about, something that has moved us and move it outside of just living in our experience and seeing how we can bring good to the world around us. And I really believe that that is exactly what you're doing, with your life and your involvement with thank politics you. where you are. So thank I appreciate so it. Thank you for the invite. Yes. All right. Awesome. So you can find me at sort of awesome Meg on all the social media search sort of awesome wherever you are, and you will find us there as well. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old.